let's get shipwrecked. Welcome to Shipwrecked, my first ever podcast. My name is Mariah Ship, and I'm on a mission to build a community like no other. I believe we all have life stories that need to be, want to be, or should be shared. And this is the platform just to do it. Life can be a wreck sometimes, but sharing your own personal experience may help you or another individual through it. On this podcast, I plan to shed light on topics that aren't always talked about, but should be. As I mentioned before, my last name is Ship. Yes, like the boat. So I felt Shipwrecked was a fitting name for a podcast like mine. On today's episode, I thought it would be best to tell my own personal story and why I wanted to start a podcast in the first place. My life experience isn't full of flowers and butterflies, so if you're interested, stay tuned and let's get shipwrecked. You know, I practiced over and over again in my head on exactly how I'm going to tell this story because it's not always the easiest one to tell, but it is one that definitely has shaped me into who I am and my mission in this world. And so it definitely just needs to be shared. I'm just going to come out and say it. I am a survivor of domestic violence. And before all of you are like, oh, I'm so sorry. No, please don't apologize. It made me into who I am today. And oddly enough, I am grateful for the experience. And that's the only way that I'll be able to cope through that. I believe that there's a lot of positives and negatives in life. And whenever something happens to you, you have a choice. And you have a choice on how you're going to deal with it. You can either sit there and play victim and say, poor me, I can't believe I went through this or I can't believe somebody would do this to me. Or you can look at it and be like, you know what? This made me more aware of what to look for in the future. This showed me my own personal worth and what I was allowing to happen to me. And, you know, I decide to look on the positive of it rather than in rather than the negative. Wow, words are hard sometimes. <laughs> um, you know, this story is quite long, so I won't bore you guys of the details of every single thing that happened, but I will tell the one main story on how I was able to get out. Um, it was Friday the 13th, 2019. Oh, how fun. Um, how ironic. Friday the 13th, like all scary. <laughs> um, but yes, so it was my best friend's birthday and we had gone to a local bar in a small town in Idaho and we had a couple seltzers and mango white claws were my thing back then and we got a little tipsy and I had just broken up with my boyfriend and wasn't really ready to tell any of my friends because I just didn't want to go into the gory details of it all and just wanted to have a good night. Um, at the end of the night, my friends had called my ex, which they thought I was still dating him, and he came and picked me up. Um, that was a fun ride. <laughs> he drove me home or to his house and I walk up the stairs 
and I lay on his couch and I pass out because it was a long night. For all of you girls that know what White Claw does to you, um, I had I had a lot and I was just ready for bed. I'd fallen asleep and he had taken my phone and went into the other room. Um, he decided to go through it and he found some things that didn't really make him happy, which doesn't make sense looking back at it because, um, hello, you were not my boyfriend at the time. So, but you know, jealousy gets the best of people, especially this individual. Um, I had woken up and I was walking into the bedroom that he was in and I remember the light was on and he was sitting upright on the bed and I asked him what he was doing and he looked at me and asked who a particular individual was and it took me off guard because I had not talked to this person in I want to say over like six months but he had found old messages um, and his anger just grew I remember backing up and getting out of the room and he followed me into the kitchen. And before I go any further, I just have a disclaimer that this is not going to be a nice sweet story. So if some of you are a little bit sensitive to the topic, then I would just skip through this part. Uh, so moving forward. This man had pushed me to the ground and gotten on top of me and just continuously hit me in the face while choking me out. <laughs> I don't know how to say that nicely. I mean, I could use the correct term and say strangle, but I just feel like that is traumatic, even though it's really not. <laughs> so this man had left me unconscious and my eardrum was bleeding due to the continuous hits that he felt was necessary. And I remember in that moment, I was laying there and everything went black. And I really thought that that was the night that I was not gonna wake up. And I was super grateful for it because I was finally out of a situation that I've been trying to get out of for the last two years. Um, I thought that was gonna be my last breath and I said a prayer to God, uh, thanking him for the life that he had given me and how grateful I am to finally meet him up in heaven. I know that sounds very dramatic, but I'm not kidding you. When you're put in that position, you really think that your life is just done. And it's really sad to think that because at that time I was 22 years old and had so much life to actually live still. So I was unconscious and when I had woken up, I was very disoriented and very confused. But one thing that did pop up in my head was, this is your reason to leave and this is your way of getting out and potentially receiving justice for all the things that I had gone through the last two years. I 
saw that he was still in the bedroom and he had taken my car keys and he's taken my phone and he wanted to look through other things. Um, I believe that he thought I was, you know, unalive, <laughs> but I wasn't. I crawled over and put my shoes on and snuck over to the door and I knew right when I opened it, he would come chasing after me. So I knew I had to run and come up with a game plan on where to go. Um, so right when I opened up that door, I ran down those stairs. I swear I only did like two steps and jumped the rest of the way. I started running and there was this local gas station at the corner of the street. And I remember I ran in there and I, gosh, that poor man, <laughs> my face was definitely beaten up. Um, makeup was everywhere under my eyes and I just looked like a complete homeless wreck. Um, I begged the man to let me borrow his phone to call help because I had just got beaten up. Um, and, you know, to my surprise and probably to your guys's as well, this man turned me down. He straight up said, no, you cannot use my phone. And I go, okay, um, could you call the police for me at least? And he told me no. So that still shocks me to this day. I'm like, are you kidding me? You see a young girl beaten up and she's asking you to call the police and you're not, that's absolutely ridiculous, but whatever. So I ran outside the store and went to this local restaurant that was open 24 hours. Um, I went in and the cashier lady, she barely spoke any English, but God bless her heart. She was my saving grace. I asked her if I could use her phone and she said yes and handed me the landline that they had. And I went into the hallway and I tried to call my brother. <laughs> so my brother, he is 10 years older than me and has had the same phone number since he was 17 years old. So I have this thing down packed. I don't need to have his phone number in my contacts. I don't need to try and find his number. I had it memorized my whole entire life, basically. Um, but due to the strangulation and the locks of oxygen, I could barely remember it. I could remember like four numbers and was like, what the hell, what is going on? So I took a deep breath and finally, thank God, I was able to remember his phone number. So I called him and I just said, he did it again. And my brother automatically knew and he said, where are you at? And I had told him the restaurant that I was sitting in. And luckily for me, my brother only lived about two minutes away from me. Um, I swear to God, that man got there within 30 seconds. Um, and he saw my face and he, it took everything in him to not break down and cry and to go find him and beat his ass. Um, God bless my brother's heart. Cause we all know <laughs> that wouldn't happen anyways. But, um, so we got in the car and we drove past the gas station and there was already a police car in there. So we drove up and the police officer was like, are you Mariah? My brother's like, yeah, 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 this is Mariah. And so I go out and I sit on the sidewalk and the officer is taking photos of my face. Um, he's asking me what had happened. And 
I am like completely distraught at this point. I am just complete in shock that this just happened to me. Um, and as I'm describing all the details to him, I turn to my left and I see my ex driving my car <laughs> in slow motion right past us. And my brother points to my car and yells at the police and says, you better go chase him down before I do. Uh, the police jump in their car, they chase him down. And he had abandoned my car behind this old building and ran. Um, and then took my car keys on top of that. So that was a joy to deal with. Um, obviously I placed a police report and then I was just sent on my merry way. My brother had taken me to the hospital and that's where I got all my pictures taken, x-rays done, MRI, everything. Um, they definitely found indication of strangulation and locks, lo whoa, loss of oxygen. I had petechiae behind my ear. And for those of you that don't know what petechiae is, it's like these like red dots, not bruising, but like these red rash looking dots behind the ear. And that's like the first indication of loss of oxygen. Um, which explains why I was so disoriented uh, after the incident. And then I had a bursted eardrum. And unfortunately, I have loss of hearing in my left side of my ear. It's okay. Um, I work in a loud bar anyways, so it kind of just works out in my favor. <laughs> but anyways, so... And then we placed a police report and then I went to the police station again. And I guess in the police report, they didn't understand that I was strangled. And in the state of Idaho, strangulation is attempted murder. So that is an automatic reason to arrest somebody. So they tracked my phone because mind you, this man still had my phone and car keys. They tracked my phone and they had found him. Um, he was taking all of his unregistered guns to his friend's house. And there was like a SWAT team out there and they arrested him and sent him to jail. So you're probably thinking, great, he's in jail, whatever, you're safe. Um, so I'm not sure if many of you know how the court system works or how anything works, but he hit bail. Uh, the bail was only 5,000, no, it was $50,000. So he had to pay 10%. So five grand is what he had to pay. And he got out within like three days. But since I was strangled, there was a no contact order. And a no contact order is different than a restraining order. So a no contact order, like he can't contact me in any form no social media, email, um, calling, texting, a letter in the mail, nothing, nada. But the perk of this also is that he can't contact me through a third party. So let's say we had a mutual friend or he had a friend and, you know, said, hey, can you tell Mariah this? And that person was like, hey, so-and-so said this. Um, that would be contacting me and that is a huge violation. So I had that, but unfortunately for me, this man was relentless and he still contacted me. And like the dummy that I am, I responded 
Um, one thing led to the next, and it resulted in me getting beat up once again, but this time I was sent to the hospital automatically. Um, that is probably another story for another time. So long story short, um, due to contacting me again, he got sent back to jail, but this time his bond was over $500,000. So this man was not about to pay 50 grand. Um, so that was good for me. Uh, he ended up staying in jail for about, I want to say like eight or nine months until um, our court was completely finalized. And, you know, one thing about court and, you know, I'll have another episode on court specifically because I can go in grand detail of it all. That was a whole mess in its own. I remember I met with my attorney and I had a victim coordinator and they both sat me in this room and I told my story and I told exactly what happened. Um, and they looked me in the eyes and they said, you'll be lucky if he gets one year. And that completely broke my heart. I was devastated hearing that because I was frightened that he's going to come back after me. And what if he doesn't get a year? What if he just gets off, you know, serves what, six months and then gets out and then does this to another person or does this to me again and actually completes the job. Um, so it was actually terrifying. I remember I looked my attorney in the eye and I said, no, he's getting 10 years. And he smiled. He looked at me and he goes, Mariah, I've been doing this for over 20 years with cases that are worse than yours. And I've never seen a sentence like that. And I just smiled and I looked at him and I said, well, you don't know me. I will be your first case that this will ever happen. And I just got up and I left. So, um, you know, flash forward months and months, um, we went through court for almost a year and that was actual hell because my Fridays were taken away from court and I had to look this man in the eye every single time and see him and that was a journey of its own. But in September, I don't remember the exact date, but September of 2020, he was sentenced four years and a five-year fix. So basically nine years, good for me. And you know, my attorney and my victim coordinator said that they were so proud of me, the way I handled it. I was like the easiest victim to deal with. And they told me that they were shocked that we got that sentence. And they were proud of me for everything that I had to go through and deal with during that time. Um, that was a huge accomplishment of mine just because I was able to secure my own safety for a little while. Um, basically what a five-year fix is, is if he's not on good behavior while he's in prison, then he would have to serve that full five-year term after his four years is completed. But if he's on good behavior, then he could be on parole for five years instead of spending his time in prison. So that is actually quite frightening. Um, upcoming in October, he will be up for parole. And so this will be another fight that I will have um, just to ensure my own safety once again, because it is actually terrifying knowing that you have a target on your back. Um, 
But, you know, the justice system really showed up for me in that time of need. And I just think, like, I have a story that is very similar to a lot of other individuals or a story that will enlighten others that are going through the same thing. And it's absolutely terrifying to finally, like, speak up and be like, hey, this is this is what's happening to me and I need help. Um, so I guess that's just me telling my story and hoping that this inspires another person to actually speak up and to fight for them, to fight for their life and to know that there are people out there that actually have your back. I'm not sure if you guys are aware, but over a million cases of domestic violence has occurred in the United States per year, but only 500 of those cases is where a victim receives any type of justice or something is done. And I think that number is actually quite sad. I have a couple of friends that have gone through a situation similar to mine and they get away scot-free. And it's just sad to even know that because this person's life was almost taken from them and the person that did that just gets away with it. And apparently the justice system just thinks it's okay. And it's not, it's not okay. And it just, it angers me to see that. But also you have to realize there's a lot of things that go into the court and actually speaking up. And you know, the cases that are reported those are the ones that are just reported. Like there's people out there that don't even speak up because they're afraid of what might happen if it doesn't go their way. I remember when I was going through domestic violence and this abusive relationship and there were so many times I knew I should have told the police, but I didn't for a couple reasons. Uh, the first one is like, okay, so he goes to jail for a night. Then he gets out. I'm still stuck dealing with it. Yeah, you can put a restraining order on them or a no contact order, but the likelihood of them actually staying away from you is very slim. I mean that, and I just know this from personal experience. I mean, I had that no contact order and he had contacted me three times after and that did not stop him. So it's a bit scary. That was one of the reasons. Um, and another reason is I didn't report it at first because I knew he wouldn't get locked away for that long or nothing really would come about it until something drastic happened. And unfortunately I had to figure out the drastic. <laughs> I It took me to the point where my life was almost taken from me and then something actually happened and that's sad and that shouldn't happen to everybody else, but it does, unfortunately. So I believe raising awareness and just sharing stories and hopefully more people knowing about it, become more aware and understand the signs just in case their friends or family are going through the same thing. So I'm gonna continuously tell different stories that have happened with me and bring on other people as well and have them tell their stories. And hopefully I could get like an attorney on here and they can talk about the legal side of everything and maybe a therapist as well to talk about like the cycle of abuse and all those fun statistics and facts about it. But that's not gonna be the 
main thing of my podcast. Yes, I will highlight on major issues that nobody really wants to talk about, but also I'm just going to have some friends on here and we'll just have great conversation and just make some things interesting. So let's buckle up and get shipwrecked.